Good morning, welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Friday the 13th of November. My name's Nick here in Melbourne, starting with the big telco news yesterday with Telstra, Australia's largest telco, announcing it is further splitting itself up. So it announced in 2018 it was going to spin out its infrastructure division and now they're going to sort of split that further. So there's going to be three underlying business units under the Telstra group banner. Firstly, the Infraco Fixed, which is the pits, cables, subsea cables, the exchanges it hasn't already got rid of. Those sorts of things will be Infraco Fixed. Then there'll be Infraco Towers, which is literally just the phone towers, the physical structures. And then finally, Servco, which is where the CEO, Andy Penn, says is the real value of Telstra. And that's the radio access network, the spectrum assets, the the business, and probably, you know, he hasn't said the, a lot of the IP, those sorts of things. So it's been sort of warmly welcomed by the markets. The stock price was up or closed up over 3% on Thursday. It's interesting looking at sort of where the value is going to be. And certainly, you know, the AFR is mentioning that the, the company should really be viewed as an infrastructure company. That's where it's sort of got its value. The the sort of typical line from, from sort of management has always been, oh, we're a technology company. That's where we, we're at. They've really never, never delivered on, on much of their technology initiatives, you know, from streaming services to, to MP3 downloads, you know, 10 years ago, none of that really took off from Telstra. But they do, you know, manage infrastructure and there's a lot of money chasing infrastructure. It's a it's a great asset from superannuation funds and, and those sorts of things. So it's 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 definitely a value releasing decision today. The Sun Herald and Age mentioned that the the value of these underlying business units are worth a lot. So overall, Telstra closed with a market cap of just under $37 billion yesterday. And the City Morning Herald and The Age mentioned that the, the fixed Infraco fixed division could be worth up to $34 billion alone. The current book value is only $9 billion. In addition to that, they see that the other the, the tower division could be worth as much as four point five billion. So just putting those two bits together, that's you know thirty eight point five billion. So that's more than the current trading value of the business. That's assuming the Servco is has a negative value. So that that's interesting and maybe a slightly bullish case, but it certainly um, vindicates this sort of decision by Andy Penn. The Infraco's fixed has always been sort of touted as being the logical either acquirer or merger business that would go with the MBN. Andy Penn addressed that today and what he said was, candidly, the potential business combination with MBN, I think, is unlikely to be for many years to come because I can't see the government would privatise the MBN for many years but I do have a responsibility to put in place a structure so that whatever future management team is confronted with that opportunity is in a position to take part. Probably what he's alluding to there is the the difficulty in, in sort of spinning out the Infraco fix and the necessity, necessity that it is spun out quite well for a government to approve a merger. Obviously, you know, there's lots of overlap and 
Telstra's selling services on NBN. So if it's, if, if it's still sort of somewhat involved in the infrastructure side of things, it would cause a lot of conflicts and that type of stuff. So the Antipen's sensible here in really sort of making sure it's properly separated out and ready to roll, whether that be, you know, in a merger or acquisition or, or whatever with NBN Co, whenever that does happen. Moving now to SPACs or special purpose acquisition companies, the hot IPO trend in the US this year. In fact, half of all IPO issuance on US exchanges so far this year has been through SPACs. They're sort of shell companies that then later find an, an, an unlisted company to purchase and in doing so they sort of through the back door list that company. And now it's come under attack from Carson Block, the famous short seller from the company called Muddy Waters. And he's taken a big short against a company called Multiplan, which is one of these ones that have been sort of listed through a SPAC this year. And he's come out criticizing it for a couple of reasons. Firstly, that this particular business, Multiplan, had already been owned by four different private equity firms prior to the SPAC purchase. So it's gone through the ring of multiple times. You know, PE funds typically will try and squeeze out any value or any sort of margin and profitability out of that business. Therefore, by the time it's been through its fourth one, there's probably not much more improvement to be made. So he's saying that that's an issue. And then basically the problem is that these SPACs, are, there's so many issued and there's not that many great businesses for them to buy. So the, the managers of these SPACs are under pressure to invest and that generally leads to bad buying decisions. How he describes it in his report titled Profit Equity Necrophilia meets the great 2020 money grab a business model that incentivizes promoters to do something, anything with other people's money is bound to lead to significant value destruction on occasion. That's even more true when a SPAC buys a business from the fourth consecutive PE group to have owned it. Come on, man, he says. And in fact, that has hit multi-plan shares. They went down 20% after this report came out. Definitely a worthy point. Maybe the multi-plan's a bit more of a nuanced instance, but definitely the lots of money chasing not much and the sort of implications on people's decision-making in the SPAC space is something to, to look closely at. That's your early update for Friday the 13th. Have a good day. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.